Good afternoon, Stephen Lee with Loken Capital. Uh, thank you all for joining us today for the Dividend Performers Quarterly Update. As you can see, we're, we're here with the entire Dividend Performers team. And uh, last year obviously was a pretty constructive year for the markets. And as, you saw, as we saw throughout the year, there was this nice alternate, alternating um, balance between risk on and risk off as investors dealt with, what, dealt with what was at the end a pretty solid economy, but a little fluctuation on sentiment. And certainly the dividend performance strategy has both offense and defensive characteristics and uh, was able to produce a pretty solid year performance-wise. Uh, and with that, I thought I'd just turn it over to Chris O'Keefe. And uh, Chris, tell us about the year and the quarter. Thank you, Stephen. You know, just from a historical standpoint, it was a huge quarter. Um, and that helped cap a great year overall. And if you look at it, really, it's been an incredible decade. If you look over the last 10 years, despite a lot of challenges for the market. Um, and the S&P 500 is actually up uh, more than 13% a year on, on average, beating most other world indices uh, over that time period. Um, so the U.S. has been a great place to invest certainly over the last uh, you know, 10 years, one year, and in, in the last quarter. Uh, to put it in perspective, um, 2019 began with a rebound from a pretty toxic 2018 fourth quarter as investors were worried about the, you know, the Fed's push to reset uh, interest rate policy higher as well as you know, concerns about slowing growth. But by mid-year, you know, we, we saw a return to more monetary easing uh, to counteract that uh, weakness. And so after you know, three Fed cuts uh, during the year, uh, progress on the trade front that we saw, and, some, and to some extent, a reduction in, the, in political tensions, if you can believe that, um, likely you know, contributed to and drove that strong fourth quarter of performance of, of really 9% for the S&P 500. Um, you know, that, that's the kind of return that um, we'd be happy to have for a full year. So, you know, very strong quarter, um, and that's when they capped off and drove the 30% return um, for the S&P 500 um, last year. So specifically for our team, um, very strong year, as, as you mentioned, um, for dividend performers and dividend performers balanced strategies. Our 32% equity return was attractive, you know, not only from an absolute basis, but also was ahead of the benchmark in, in most large cap peers. Um, our balance strategy returns were also peer leading and uh, with our fixed portfolio just, just underperforming slightly uh, for the year. And notably, we achieved um, good stock, good, you know, strong stock selection during the year with nearly 150 basis points of positive effect. Um, so again, for the team, you know, just good stock picking um, as we have in the past. Um, we think what's, what's most important when you look at this data is that we generated this return while maintaining our high quality dividend growth process leading to even better results if you look at those results on a risk-adjusted basis. So if you look at our alpha uh, for last year, we, we ranked one of the best among our peers. Um, over time, you know, the strategies, both DP, DP, uh, balanced, uh, they're achieving you know, excellent downside protection in, in tough markets as our clients want us to, and at the same time, you know, uh, uh, producing reasonably good attractive upside. Um, so for the quarter uh, specifically, you know, DP, dividend performers and dividend performance balance both lag their benchmarks, um, but achieved excellent um, absolute returns for our clients. Now, the fourth quarter was, um, to give you some perspective, was a big reversal from the rest of the year. I mean, earlier in the year, we saw more, you know, focused on safe havens and given the, the trade war and the, and the impeachment concerns and you know, the wars in the Mideast and et cetera. Um, but as the year went on, um, you know, the, the ship became more towards growthier, more economically sensitive names, you know, being impacted and helped by the monetary stimulus. Um, so, you know, less likely to see as many names um, in the, um, in the in dividend performers universe uh, do as well in that kind of environment. 
Um, just on the fixed income side, you know, for the fourth quarter, performance was in line with the benchmark during, during the fourth quarter. Um, notably, you know, we lagged in sectors such as technology. And, and as I talked about, um, here's a sector that would definitely benefit from you know, more monetary easing and, and a, a more positive thought process, process on, the, on the economy. Um, if you just look at the year of the technology, um, the average or, or the technology sector overall was up 50% for the year. So it just kind of shows you how strong um, some of those sectors were. Relative to the portfolio, um, you know, REITs, industrials, and utilities had the biggest positive impact uh, for dividend performers. And on the negative side, technology, healthcare, and consumer staples uh, negatively impacted performance. Um, in just a minute, the team's gonna go into more detail on, the, on those sectors. But just a, a quick look at our complete buys and sells in the quarter. Um, we actually, uh, a new position in State Street, and while we eliminated um, Occidental Petroleum, now, State Street is, is a high quality trust and custody bank where we, where we see fundamentals improving and uh, you know, a lot of excess capital at this bank. So strong capital ratios and that's supporting uh, good dividend growth going from, you know, recently and also going forward. And also they've been very strong on the, on the share repurchases. Uh, and it's now selling at a value, valuation point we find quite attractive and we see you know, good upside even from here. Um, Oxy was eliminated um, mostly because of the surprise decision to uh, purchase or merge with Anadarko Petroleum. This led to a blowout of the balance sheet and, and also some slowing growth since they had to pinch their capital spending in. So we saw you know, dividend risk in that stock uh, given that if oil prices were to come in, um, cash flows would be pinched and, and possibly could have to cut the dividend. So we saw much better you know, dividend growth ideas out there to replace it with. So at this point, um, I'm going to pass it on to Sarah, and she's going to talk about how well her industries did um, during the quarter. Happy New Year, everybody. So obviously, Q4 was another strong quarter for the market, capping off a strong year of growth. Um, but it was an interesting quarter. Uh, as far as we were concerned, um, the consumer discretionary sector for dividend performers was up 5.3% versus the S&P discretionary names at four and a half. So we modestly outperformed. I wanted to call out uh, VF Corp, which is a newer position. Um, you'd probably be more familiar to it as the owner of Vans brand footwear in the North Face and Timberland and Dickies. So it's a, an apparel wholesaler manufacturer, one of the large uh, growth drivers um, of valuable portfolio of assets. Um, growing into emerging markets. Um, we think this is a really compelling multi-year growth opportunity and the uh, market recognized it as well. Um, since the company has spun off its jeanswear business, which has historically been a drag on growth, and we are now left with a much more powerful growth engine that's only begun to see expansion into these emerging markets. So they, uh, of course, also have a long history of paying and raising the dividend and being a really responsible steward of capital. Um, they in addition, they made another move today in that they announced that they are looking for strategic alternatives to their commoditized workwear portfolio, which is almost a billion in revenue. So you can see what's happening here strategically. It's becoming a leaner and growthier portfolio over time. Um, so stay tuned on that one. 
within the quarter, McDonald's, um, another interesting name, had quite a few things happen in the quarter, including the resignation of the company's CEO, as well as two technology acquisitions. So it was a rather dramatic quarter for a company that's really not very dramatic. Uh, they tend to grow their earnings uh, as a royalty stream, which makes it almost like an annuity stream revenue story, and it makes the earnings exceptionally stable. Um, it's undergone a significant renovation in its cost and capital structure, which will be permanent. So we viewed these items that happened in the quarter um, that took down the stock a little bit as opportunistic and a transient for us to uh, add a little bit to the position. Um, and we view them as having many opportunities lying ahead, including strong and stable cash flow and, of course, a rising dividend. Um, Consumer staples, uh, unsurprisingly, was um, a little bit of a weaker uh, performance for us. Um, it, these stocks have been very strong throughout and um, they, they've really outperformed what you would expect stable growth to do. So as they reached their high, apex of their valuations, it was unsurprising that investors took the opportunity to prune, prune positions as as we did as well um, with Pepsi, we reduced our position a little bit. Um, Unilever, uh, which has been uh, in a long period of uh, portfolio renovation and strategic renovation, guided down their organic growth target during the quarter due to weakness in specific African markets. But we think this is uh, largely transient as well, and they have a strong exposure to high growth industrializing emerging markets, which will be a powerful growth engine going forward. Um, Mondelez as well was a big mover this year, but also saw some profit taking. Um, we still think this is a very attractive name. And as always, we stick with our three pillar process in these situations. We look for financial strength, business momentum, attractive valuation. Um, so leading us to prune Pepsi, as I mentioned before, and adding opportunistically to another new name, which is Kellogg, um, which we believe is at the year of a multi-year transformation story. So with that, you know, we think there's a lot of bright stars in our portfolio and lots of opportunities within our universe, and we are looking forward to 2020. So um, next will be Wayne. Yes, thanks, Sarah. Uh, Wayne Bryce, I'm Portfolio Manager and Analyst for the Logan Dividend Performers Team. Uh, for our team, I cover the industrials, materials, and utility sectors. Um, today, I, um, with this fourth quarter call, I plan to focus my comments on the industrial sector. Um, in the fourth quarter, uh, the industrial sector within the S&P 500 was up a, a solid, you know, about five and a half percent, which on an absolute basis in a normal quarter is a good return. However, the sector did underperform the market, which was up over 9%. Um, dividend performers, industrial stocks were up over 7%. So we did outperform within the sector, uh, which provided a positive impact on attribution uh, within the sector. Uh, top of mind within the sector, really throughout 2019, uh, included trade and, and tariff news. Um, and there was an ebb and flow of news throughout the course of the year. And we got positive news in the fourth quarter about a phase one deal between the United States and China. And I think that was a sentiment lift for the market in general and for industrials in particular. Also, as Chris mentioned earlier, the Fed pivoting to interest rate reductions, I think was a support for valuations. 
And although global PMIs mostly remain in, in a contraction mode, there are some early signs of stabilization, which could provide a positive construct as we look forward. Uh, related to some of the names in our portfolio, I'll, I'll focus on an outperformer and an under, underperformer. Uh, our, our strongest performing stock within the industrial sector was Stanley Black & Decker, a leading uh, power and hand tool provider. Uh, they also have an industrial and security segment. In, uh, Stanley trades sensitive to trade news, so it's not a surprise with the phase one deal that the stock would react positively to that news. In addition, the company reported solid third quarter earnings that beat expectations. And the company also announced another cost-cutting program with the intention to restore margins. So we believe the company has been executing well in the face of headwinds from tariff, currency, and commodity headwinds. And they've been doing that through raising prices, the cost actions, and also adjusting supply chains where they can. As far as uh, an underperformer, uh, General Dynamics was a weak performer within the sector in the quarter. It was a down about 3% in the quarter. Similar to Stanley Black & Decker, they did uh, report solid third quarter results, uh, earnings results that did beat expectations. However, the company has a headwind uh, of margins in its important business jet, uh, Gulfstream business jet segment as the company is transitioning new products into the marketplace. And these new products, the first lots of these new products come with lower margins. So it's our expectation once they get through these lower margin project, prod, products, that margins will expand as we move through 2020. So we still continue to be constructive on the name. So we're positioned in five high quality industrial companies, uh, good diversification. We have uh, industry exposure in machinery, transport, aerospace and defense, and multi-industry uh, conglomerate. So that concludes my comments on the industrial sector. And with that, I'll pass it over to Chris Winnett, who will cover the healthcare sector for us. Thanks, Wayne. Healthcare is one of the strongest performing sectors in the S&P 500 index in the fourth quarter, returning over 14% versus the S&P 500 index of 9%. At performance of roughly over 500 basis points. This was in contrast to the year where it was one of the weakest performing sectors underperforming the S&P by over 10%. So quite a dichotomy between the fourth quarter and the year for the healthcare sector itself. During the fourth quarter, animal spirits returned to the healthcare sector. This was potentially driven by the presidential election cycle with the downturn of Elizabeth Warren and Democratic primary polls. As a result, investors became less concerned with the potential impact of Medicare for all. This led to outperformance from more speculative or potentially politically impacted areas of healthcare, including biotechnology and managed care. One of our strongest performing stocks within the healthcare sector in the fourth quarter in your portfolio was Amgen. Amgen's results were driven by double digit revenue growth in its growth products, as well as a budding biosimilar program. We also are encouraged by the strength of newly launched drugs, including Amaveg, which treats migraine, and a promising oncology pipeline. Amgen has increased its dividend for nearly 10 consecutive years, and most recently increased its dividend by 10%, giving it a dividend yield of 2.7% currently. Conversely, 
more conservative and durable growth areas, such as our holdings and medical technology companies, including Abbott and Medtronic, underperformed, potentially due to greater risk appetite from investors causing some rotation out of the industry. Political risk remains elevated in the healthcare sector, impacting sentiment and perhaps fundamentals at some point. This is reflected by a greater than 10% discount to the market currently. However, as the election approaches, we anticipate most candidates' healthcare policies becoming more centrist in nature, which could allow healthcare stocks to trade off more fundamentals as compared to sentiment, which for the most part was the case in 2019. As of the end of the year, we are slightly overweight the healthcare sector. Currently, we are overweight the medical technology space and holdings such as Abbott and Medtronic, and we are underweight the pharmaceutical and biotech area in holdings of Johnson & Johnson and Amgen. We also have exposure within your portfolio to the managed care space and our holding with Anthem, which we added to during the fourth quarter. As we look forward to 2020, we anticipate high single-digit EPS growth and dividend growth from healthcare names within your portfolio, while at the same time, as mentioned, trading at a very attractive valuation. With that, I'd like to reintroduce Chris O'Keefe for some closing comments. Thank you, Chris. I mean, just um, just some quick comments on on our outlook. Um, if you think about it, I mean, generous monetary liquidity has been a strong theme over the last you know past ten years, really. Um, we don't really see that changing anytime soon. In other words, we, we see interest rates remaining low you know, for the time period. Um, and that historically that has been supportive for equity returns. Um, in addition, you know, the, there's definitely been some clear positives um, in trade momentum with the, the new deal with the uh, US and China. Maybe the political risk is certainly a little bit less than, than we thought. Um, global growth does seem to be improving to some extent. Um, so given all that, you know, and the potential for equity markets, we see, we see the potential for equity markets to rise this year um, in the high single digits. And I think that that's a reasonable amount, but we think that it's more likely to be driven more by earnings than evaluation um, that, that we have seen in, in the past, really in the past 10 years. I mean, rupees have risen uh, from a low of 14 times you know, back in 09 and 10, now to uh, as high as 21 times today. Um, but the backdrop is not without risk. Um, continued low interest rates does suggest that economic growth will remain at a modest pace. Uh, the presidential election is certainly a, a wild card at this point. Um, the Fed is unlikely to, you know, to continue to provide stimulus um, at, at the level that it has been. So that could be drying up to, to some extent. Um, and we have seen, you know, the at the back end of the curve yield starting to rise a little bit. Um, in addition, you know, we worry about the expansion of the amount of leverage in the market today. I mean, a lot of companies have taken advantage of the low rates and, and have levered up. We think balance sheet strength could be um, highly valued uh, going into this year and, and beyond. Um, lastly, as I mentioned, the you know, evaluation right now, looking at, uh, at historic highs, when you think about it on a PE basis, maybe not so much on, on a free cash flow basis. So again, we think that the driver behind equity market improvement this year really should be earnings growth. And we, we see that probably in the six to 10% range given you know, the global growth and, and here also um, does seem to be doing a little better um, uh, than the past year. Um, overall, you know, we think this market will favor um, active managers, uh, particularly um, those with a dividend growth focus. And the reason is that, you know, with the predominance of money flow continuing to flow into passive funds, we think that's going to, you know, 
as we go forward, impact liquidity more and more, particularly when you have you know, volatility around major events, whether it be the, the election or Brexit or trade. So we think that that's going to create more opportunity you know, for um, active managers. And again, on, on the dividend side, you know, consistent, predicting, predictable dividend growth should remain a factor um, favored by investors uh, this year, particularly those seeking income with, with rates being as, as low as it is. And, and as we can, as they look for companies with the ability to survive and thrive in this, um, you know, more volatile uh, market. So, with that um, thought process, I'm going to hand it back to Stephen uh, for any closing remarks from, from his side. Well, very good, very good. Well, that was a good review. Um, you know, on an absolute basis, not a bad year. It was nice. It's nice to be able to participate in a volatile market um, and still have some defensive characteristics, which seems like what you all were able to do. Um, and you know, we'll see what the new year brings. Thank you all. And, uh, and for those of you watching, if you'd like any more information on our portfolios, please feel free to visit our website, logancapital.com, or reach out to your Logan representative. And as a reminder, this material represents an assessment of the market and economic environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. Forward-looking statements are subject to certain risks and uncertainties. Actual results, performance, or achievements may differ materially from those expressed or implied. Information is based on data gathered from what we believe are reliable sources, it is not guaranteed as to accuracy, does not purport to be complete, and is not intended to be used as a primary basis for investment decisions. It should also not be construed as advice meeting the particular investment needs of any investor. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Indices are unmanaged and investors cannot invest directly in an index. Unless otherwise noted, performance of indices do not account for any fees, commissions, or other expenses that would be incurred. Returns do not include reinvested dividends. The Standard Poor's 500 is an unmanaged group of securities considered to be representative of the stock market in general. It is a market value weighted index with each stock's weight in the index proportionate to its market value. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted average of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks, primarily industrials, but includes financials and other service-oriented companies. The components, which change from time to time, represent between 15 and 20% of the market value of all NYSE stocks. Rebalancing and reallocation can entail transaction costs and tax consequences that should be considered when determining a rebalancing reallocation strategy.